Welcome to No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times. I'm Stephanie Smittle, and I'm here with Omaya Jones. Hello, and today we'll start by highlighting some arts and entertainment news. We'll also talk to Michelle Gann and Brian Bedgood of the band Mortalis about their show this weekend with Houston's Doomstress. But first, a few things happening in the area we think you should know about. First up... Riverfest is happening and it's 41st year and it's gotten a makeover from a group called Universal Fairs. You can read more about that in the cover story of the Arkansas Times this week, but just know that this weekend will involve Young Thug. It will involve fireworks. It will involve Tracy Lawrence. Um, it will involve many different kinds of wristbands. So uh, check that out. And if you're in Little Rock for Memorial Day, swing on downtown. They have a special family hours thing that you can do between 10 and 2 on Saturday and Sunday. So if you're feeling low commitment about it, that's a chance for you to just come and check it out at a, like a lower discounted rate and just be in for a couple of hours. And then next up. We have a new movie theater. Yeah, th- so this is the movie theater, the Promenade in Chennault, that's been closed for a while. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they went through a couple of different changes in ownership. Ah, I didn't know um, that part. I know that it was June of 2017, so mm-hmm. it's been a good long spell. Yeah, and I think before that, at some point, they were also purchased and changed ownership or did some remodeling or something. Okay. Uh, but, so it's opening again. Yeah, oh, right. it's uh, 17825 Chennault Parkway. It opened last Friday. Mm-hmm. But the full offerings will be in place uh, Friday, May 25th. So by full offerings, I mean the bar. So there will be beer, wine, and evidently they're going to do film-inspired cocktails. Uh, Maybe they'll have one out that's inspired by Solo. I don't know. Huh, that's interesting. And I see here also that on their menu they have things like chicken and waffles and other options. So it's just sort of like... Going towards like the, f- the full restaurant menu, like they do at like movie tavern and Alba Draft House and places where instead of going to like dinner and a movie, you go to the movies and you get dinner and you're served in the theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the bar and the restaurant are separate, like if you have to buy them before mm-hmm. go in. I know that, um, I know it's a, not a straight up Alamo Draft House model, right? Because they have like servers come yes. to you during the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely edging toward that way. And of course, it's a move toward you leaving with less of your dollars right. at the movie theater. So that's the, the whole idea. But if that is your thing, they've got uh, power recliners. They've outfitted it with new sound systems and speakers. And then the IMAX screen is back. So that's out on Chanel parkway and you can check out the tickets at amctheaters.com and that's spelled the british way amctheatersres.com another thing we wanted to call attention to just because i think it's cool is uh, the weekend theater is doing this new thing called playwrights week so they're going to put it on october 28th through november 3rd which is a ways off but the deal is local playwrights can get a chance for their one act plays to go up on the stage at the Weekend Theater, and they're accepting submissions from local playwrights until July 11th for that. So you can check it out. Go to theweekendtheater.org. The Weekend Theater Board of Trustees member, Candris Jones, is heading it up. And Candris says, in doing this, we hope to give playwrights from Pulaski County and nearby areas a safe space to produce their work and to promote the production of socially relevant original theater. Uh, as in keeping with the Weekend Theater's credo. I just throw in a plug here for uh, another podcast that I produce called Film Quotes Film uh, that is based around the films that we do for the movie series. Kendris Jones was on one of the last 
episodes that we did for Daughters of the Dust. Excellent. And that came out, I mean, last year. So it doesn't come out as regularly as it should, but uh, you should definitely check that out and listen to what she has to say because she's really smart. And you could find Omaya's other podcast, Film Quotes Films, on SoundCloud. You've got uh-huh. those well, notes there, right? It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other podcatcher, uh, and and find it there. Podcatcher, yes, find find your podcatcher and catch film quotes films. Also, this is kind of wild. Friday, June first is now officially Conway Twitty Day. What? So Conway Twitty, uh, who was I think technically born in Mississippi, but who grew up in Helena, uh, ha- he has his own day now in Helena, West Helena. And, um, you know, he did the song Hello, Darling. And, uh, oh, another song called uh, Louisiana Woman, Mississippi Man. Um, I was I was raised on a lot of Conway Twitty. My grandfather was a huge fan of, of this rockabilly and country music legend. So uh, they're going to mark the 25th anniversary of his death with June 5th with a, a new day. And they're going to do that at the... Um, courthouse square park adjacent to the phillips county courthouse uh at 622 cherry street in helena that's the street that has king biscuit blues festival all along it in helena so check it out uh conway twitty day if you're in helena for some reason then you could go celebrate the legacy of one of our arkansas sons conway twitty cool Check out this week's to-do list in the Arkansas Times for more happening this week, and we'll be right back. clean um band when we were performing you know there's yeah a lot that you know hey motherfuckers yeah. you know it's i like, never really noticed that before but you we, guys don't do a lot of we don't we don't feel a need for it it's yeah. just like okay everybody else and you know every southern metal band you can think of in the free world drops drops that bombs and i'm yeah. you know left and right just like you know like it's candy and it's like it's 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 old it's been done before yeah. There's, it doesn't really get anything going. You're not making a point really further, especially with the music that we do. You know, ours, ours, ours isn't really, ours isn't really conducive to needing to do it. So, yeah, we just kind of have that. Uh, that, I, I guess people keep throwing around classic metal vibes. Um, when they describe us, so I mean, it, it's yeah. you don't it's hear a nice just, description because yeah. we we honestly didn't because uh, a, a couple of us in the band are like, 
I don't think we're really a thrash band. We have some thrashy songs, but we're not really a thrash band. Yeah. And then some, a couple of the members are like, we're a thrash band. And, um, so, you know, my roots are, and, uh, I think Brian's roots are probably more, uh, maybe lean towards the proggy stuff. Cause a decade ago, you know, I used to be in a progressive metal band. As, with, as uh, I'm like sitting here wearing things. a Cinderella t-shirt. Well, yeah, he, he really liked the 80s <laughs> stuff, but, um, but then uh, the guys, uh, the other two guys, uh, Donald and Patrick, uh, they had this old school thrash vision. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of um, melded all of our influences yeah. together into to what we are now. Yeah. So it, it has a, I'm glad it has a, a classic-y type feel to it. Well, so, yeah, and, and I, I think... When people say classic has a nice sound to it, like when I think of classic and I think of your music, I'm thinking of influences like Dio and Priest Mm. and Maiden and like those are things that I love. So I'm imbuing that word classic with like a positive vibe. Um, I don't hear it used very often. I mean, you know, like they're saying it's negative or it's old or it's not done. But definitely you guys' sound is... Um, I mean, all those influences are right there, even though it's not clear that it's like copying yeah, one or, yeah. or the we're, other we're, of those. We're not we're not writing Rainbow in the Dark Part Two, right? So, but yeah, we have we're de- we're definitely as far as the thrash thing. Obviously, the Big Four is probably one of our biggest influences: Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. And it just goes from there. Like Michelle said, her her influences and my influences are a little bit more parallel because we both like progressive power metal. You know, obviously I'm big '80s. I'm from the '80s. I graduated high school in the '80s, so I'm straight up '80s. And then we've got like classic rock, Kansas and Foreigner and stuff like that. Journey, stage. Journey. I mean, if you yeah. don't like Journey, something's wrong with you. It, that's just kind of the way I look. Okay. At it. Everybody <laughs> likes everybody I likes mean... Journey, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get you out more. <laughs> so, so, but that's interesting too, because I think when people think of like a putting metal in this category or that category, they may be talking about the guitars mm-hmm. or they may be talking about vocals. Something that's interesting with you all is you do like, like Michelle, your voice is you're neither um, uh, playing the part of like the growl or the like whale like you have this huge range and so but she can do that right right <laughs> she, she can she can imp- encompass the, all that too most people in a band have to say okay you take this part and you take that part yeah. um and i wonder what that you guys have talked a little bit about some of, of your influence but influences but when you hear people characterize your band that way does it is it like no you we don't feel that way at all. Like we feel like we're drawing from this other place. Well, um, you know, I, I think uh, we all try to, you know, open our minds and expand our horizons to, you know, we know what we like, we wrote what we like and it comes together, but other people's opinions of what our, our music is and what it sounds like or reminds them of. It's, uh, it's interesting to hear. And I, I love hearing it's like, Oh yeah, maybe, you know, I hear that or mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with that band in particular, you know, but uh, I'll check them out, you know, to see if if we do seem to draw some influence from them, you know. Some we played a show in Oklahoma City, and one of the other bands we were playing with, 
who sounded absolutely nothing like us whatsoever. They sounded more like um, kind of the Machine Head vibe. Yeah. Machine Head and Hate Breed. And one of their, their guitar player, one of their guitar players was like, man, you guys are like a mix of old school Metallica, Symphony X, and Iced Earth. I'm like, you're about right. <laughs> and another dude at that show was like, yeah, Iced Earth and Iron Maiden. Yeah. And I was like, well, I definitely wear those influences yeah. on my sleeve. So, so those are two of my favorite bands. We definitely have, we definitely, we obviously have the classic vibe to it. But, if, you know, if you come and see us and hear us, we also play seven string guitars. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit old school. It's a little bit of modern. It's a little bit. We don't stick to one yeah, tuning. We don't really want to classify ourselves as we're this, we're, this, we're just metal. It's just metal. We don't tend to play shows with, bands identical to us we play shows with you know hardcore bands with metalcore bands with with uh classic rock bands i mean we'll play you know we're offered a show we'll play it yeah like our album release show um like we had a a rockabilly band we had like a southern groove metal band with us uh and we had a progressive metal band with us because i mean you know we just the the having the variety i mean you know we played the the time showcase uh for a couple years and and we've commented each time it's like it's so awesome to play shows that have such a wide variety of music last last year last year we were on the same night with daz and brie yeah Yeah. there was there was a little bit everything that night yeah Uh, that was you know there was a little bit everything so everybody we got to hear a lot of stuff. They got to hear a lot of stuff. Everybody just, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It's definitely, I like, think, the whole... It's all about the music. Yeah. I think the idea behind the showcase is that, uh, I think Michelle and I have talked about this at, separate from from this conversation, just about how the vibe at the showcase can be very, like, the audience that's coming to see your band is not necessarily the audience that's coming to see De France, but... Y'all definitely have some guitar things in common, mm-hmm. like a love right. for like crunch and a love for oh, yeah. polish. DeFrance's, and... DeFrance's drummer loved us our three piece version that we played at that show. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's, mm-hmm. he, he'd heard us before. Was, and he's you know he was he was excited to see us as we were for them because I hadn't seen DeFrance. I know they played a billion shows a year, mm-hmm. and, and I keep on hearing it's like DeFrance is is it? They're it. I mean. This is if there's a band around that you got to see sometime. DeFrance is it. And I was like, afterwards, like, yep, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, super, super polished. I remember yeah. um, turning around and Michelle's like shredding some wild solo on the guitar and like thinking like. I really love it when guitars act like knives. <laughs> like you had this guitar that was yeah. like shut. Like, it it, it uh, helps when it's a pointy guitar, I, I too. I have a lot of pointy, stabby guitars. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, okay, so from your perspective, and you're talking about sort of these like sub-genres within metal, we sort of maybe collectively have gravitated toward calling this genre heavy music. And so people think mm-hmm. of heavy music maybe is the same as metal music. What? Why do you think that is? Heavy music, the same as metal music. Why do we call it heavy music now? Do you think it's because people might have had preconceived notions about different types of metal and, like, that turned them off? That there was a risk of them being turned off of, like, oh, this is noise metal or this is thrash or this is doom? Just, 
more than more than any other any other you know genre category country rock pop r&b whatever else there is more subgenres when it comes to metal you can look at all the there's probably i've seen 50 that i can think of off the top of my head subgenres of metal industrial metal pop metal glam metal uh speed metal thrash metal you, you name it and, and it's just you know and like you said then eventually in the end it just kind of gets categorized into categorized into something that's loud and obnoxious and it's aggressive it gets called heavy sometimes it turns people off sometimes yeah. draws people in I, I think um, you know heavy heavy music you know metal for for instance it it takes a certain frame of mind to really enjoy and appreciate and it takes a certain amount of attention to focus on the intricacies you know within it uh a lot of times like you can put on some some metal for somebody who's like not a metal fan at all and as soon as that that heavy distorted guitar riff hits they're like oh oh that's noise i'm getting a migraine right <laughs> you know they're just not not willing to be in it but like if you're if you're a metal fan uh you know, you just, and, and a song grabs you, you just feel like, you know, throwing up the horns and just uh, going into headbang no matter where you are, um, what situation you're in. But, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it gives you, you know, a feeling. And uh, I know uh, for me, um, metal has been a very therapeutic um, outlet for, for a lot of years. So, um, you know, because I've always tried to really, like, remain focused and, you know, kind of control things. And uh, and then uh, I got to a point with, uh, you know, medical issues that I, I felt like I was totally out of control. So, um, so music uh, and my love for it and uh, it kind of was a big driving factor for kind of pulling me from the brink of uh, some very dark places. Mm -hmm. so. Well, there's no question for anybody who's ever seen you shred on that guitar that those six or seven mm. strings are well within your control. <laughs> um, and so can you guys talk a little bit about this show? You're playing a show tomorrow with Doomstress from Houston. Oh, yeah. Go, we go ahead. Okay. Uh, last year, Doomstress played at Whitewater. And we went down there. We went down. Michelle and I went down there to see to see them. And you know how Whitewater is. It's pretty. Cramped. It's cozy. It's cozy. Yeah. yeah it's mm -hmm. pretty. It's, it's pretty cramped in that corner. One one of the other bands on that bill was how many was there? Like seven people in that on the stage. Well, your Sh band Iron Tongue was on that bill. That's right. I remember. That's right. Those are watching y'all. Fun that's, show. Yeah. That's, that's right. I forgot you're in that band. It's a fun show. It's, it's talking about getting out more. I guess I need to get out more. <laughs> I think that's when I first saw Doomstress. Yeah. And yeah. was like, okay, hold the phones. Yeah. That's, you know, I didn't know anything about them. I never heard of them. I'm like, okay, sounds cool. Check it out. And immediately, immediately I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I like this. And then, you know, after the show, Michelle and I ended up talking to Doomstress Alexis mm -hmm. for quite a while. And eventually we just, we just said, you guys come back that's to funny. town sometime. Oh, Our band is going to do a yeah. show with you. I don't care what it is. Yeah. I don't care where it is. 
you're playing somewhere in the state. We're going to play a show with you. And then one day I was just looking around and wanted to see, I looked in Vino's calendars like a month and a half ago. Yeah, he noticed they were And there was, Doomstress, uh, May 25th. All right, it's on. It's on. Awesome. And here we are. So, Alexis Holida? Holida. Uh, Holida. 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 be one of the okay. only metal musicians with, so she has a day named after her in Houston. It's like an Alexis Holida day. The mayor yeah. of Houston named a day after her. Pretty impressive. Yeah, she Um, plays a lot of uh, LGBTQ uh, plus events in in that area and has done a lot of uh, advocacy efforts. Um, You know, it's it's something that we never really uh, talk about in in our band history too much and that we've never really put out there. But, you know, Mortalis started out with uh, as a band that appeared to be, you know, four guys. And uh, uh, two years into being a band, um, I uh, told my bandmates that I needed to transition. And uh, it freaked everybody out, and they thought it was a joke at first. But um, and, and everybody had to do soul-searching with it and everything, but mm-hmm. our band didn't fall apart. And uh, everybody stayed with me and because, you know, we're like a family. Right. And uh, so, you know, mentioning that, you know, we're playing with Doomstress, um, you know, Alexis is, you know, she's very open with, you know, being a trans woman mm-hmm. uh, in a South. And so I'd never heard of him either, you know, when uh, one of Brian's uh, close friends that he's in a band with messaged me. And said, you should check this band out. Didn't say anything about it, but I checked them out. And I, I was like, holy smokes, we have something in common, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so it's, it, I'll tell you that I had not played very many shows since socially transitioning mm-hmm. um, when we had seen them. Because uh, we took some time off. And uh, we uh, worked on worked on the album and just kind of took a took a break uh and then you know we, we played a couple of shows uh by that time but you know seeing doomstress actually really helped me you know them rocking the house and and uh it helped me to really gain more confidence in myself mm-hmm. and just being out there and, and continuing to play so it puts you in a pretty unique position because there are not that many women fronting metal bands and there are even fewer trans women fronting metal bands, right? And so mm-hmm. it occurs to me that like one thing that you might be able to uniquely comment on is the way that metal is headed. Metal has a past that we know has been pretty tied in the past with like misogyny and racism and there have been a lot of pockets of the metal community that have been much more progressive in thought and much more open-minded. But then there have been these pieces of metal's past that's been really sort of tied. And I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. I know, you know, what I've seen uh, personally with uh, the scene here is that uh, every, everybody responded to me so much better than I could ever imagine. Um, I know there was a lot of 
um, stuff kind of right at first, but as some of the other bands that would be, you know, making jokes and all this stuff, we'd hear all these rumors about what people would say. And, mm-hmm. and there's um, even still some bands that won't share a bill with us anymore that we've played with in the past. Um, they're, uh, overall, the, the community, it's like I, I see more and more different people uh, who just come out because they love the music and mm-hmm. and they uh, they see us as a great band and they they um, are not judgmental, you know. And there is a great local band called Judgmental too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I'll n- throw them, not them neither. <laughs> <laughs> Name dropping intentionally, but yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I think. Um, I think metal is, is, is one of those things that, uh, it's definitely a a community unto itself because, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, people come from all walks of life and if it's something that people can really have in common and, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be certain, um, racist, homophobic, transphobic people and, uh, a lot of different areas and cultures um and people that enjoy certain types of music sure but i think country music is probably dealing right a lot with this right now I, I i think that um if i was a country artist and i transitioned things would be probably near impossible for me to get back out but i, I don't know because i i have some friends who are in country bands who have who um you know respect me and and still um you know, want to jam with me and stuff like that too. So I, I don't know how that that community would would react. So you probably I, I have think, to get a different guitar. I have a lot of acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, don't don't worry, she's got that covered. I've got a couple of straps. She, she's got that covered. <laughs> she, it's it's not all pointy guitars. Yeah. So this album that you have out, Hearts So Black. We were talking just before uh, started recording this podcast, and so I understand you guys recorded this. At home, right? Yeah. Technology is a wonderful thing. This we were able to do what what we did. Uh, that was probably probably would have been near impossible or very very expensive twenty twenty five years ago. So yeah, I've I've dabbled in um, in recording, engineering, and and mixing for the last what, twenty years. Uh, um, well, not twenty years. I would have been fifteen. I, I started when I was eighteen doing that stuff. Almost uh, 20. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyways, uh, we, uh, re- Brian and I had recorded together um, many projects before starting this band over the years. So we were confident that we could do it. Um, we recorded our self titled EP in 2014. And we had uh, some, you know, mixed reviews on the audio quality and the production and things. But uh, we knew we could do better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just uh, took us two years to do it, and a lot <laughs> happened in that two years, yes. and yes. we made it through to the finish line, uh, recorded all the drums at our drummer's house and everything else uh, at my house, shutting off air conditioners, fish tanks, putting kids to bed, <laughs> okay. putting animals away, you know. <laughs> so did you isolate tracks, or did you guys track this? Yeah, it's all I- isolated yeah. tracks. Okay. Um so luckily, you know, direct, uh, a lot of stuff was recorded direct and, and kind of reamped after the fact, uh, 
that's that, that's part of the beauty of the technology yeah. we have these days. We didn't have to spend countless time and money we don't have in recording studios to, to do all this stuff. We just as as time permits, we can just finish this. Okay, I need to re, need to re-record the bass track on this song. Or Michelle's going to cut some more vocals for this. We're going to do some backing vocals, redo this guitar solo, or you know, do a little drum mixing, whatever else. It's the beauty of it. Right, because there's a lot of precision to your style. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, there's yeah. not any really no. room for error. Yeah, anywhere. this, this isn't three chord rock that we bashed out in about uh, two weeks. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is the thing that took almost the longest, that, that took like, what, six, eight months to get together, uh, was the artwork. Because we had just totally drawn a blank yeah, on what we, we did, were doing yeah. with the artwork. And we, then, uh, Brian has an old friend uh, who also did the lyric video, uh, yeah, Grady Gra- Earls. Grady Earls. And, he does, uh, does wonderful art, does wonderful graphic arts, photography. and Very talented. Up, yeah, we ended up, I ended up, it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some ideas at Grady, see what he thinks. He throws back some artwork at us, and we're, and we're all like, yeah, mostly That's just it. gave him the title. We're like, <laughs> yeah. we're like heart so black, and we were thinking of just here's, like a black heart. Yeah. And like, here's the song like, titles. Here, but, you listen to this, some of the some of the tracks that we got so far. Just let your mind work wonders, and boom, there it was. Yeah, it it was same uh, thing with so the lyric much. video. Same thing with the with the day of the day lyric video. Yeah, we gave him his his creative freedom and just kind of and and he knocked it out for us really well, and got it February eighth. Uh, Ninth this year we released February 9th is world, when we the album out worldwide. So um, you can get CDs at the show, and you can get them off CDBaby.com, or uh, you can buy the digital downloads worldwide at all the outlets. Their new album is called Heart So Black. You are correct. Right? Heart mm-hmm. So Black. You can check it out on YouTube. There's a video that we'll put up to accompany this blog post called Day of the Dead. It's super zombie. And they are playing tomorrow night at Vino's. By the time you hear this, it will be tonight, Friday night at Vino's. And 9 p.m.? Uh, 9-ish? 8. The probably. show starts at 8. Yeah, the doors eight. are okay. open at 7. Now, we're show. probably playing at, yeah, at 9. It's but, probably closer to 9 for us. But Great. come out, you know. Tire Fire will open the show, and then Mortalis, and then Doomstress out of Houston with Alexis Holiday, Doomstress Alexis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, anything else you guys want to say? Or The two members that are not here are Patrick Mahoney is our drummer. He's kind of the driving force behind most of everything mm-hmm. with, with, with this band. And Donald Holland, uh, Donald Holland, our other guitar player. Okay, so Donald that, Holland. That, that completes that completes the band. Right. Patrick Mahoney, Brian Bedgood, and Michelle Gann. Yeah. The name of the band is Mortalis. You can check them out. And if you're in the area and you have Riverfest fatigue or just want to catch a good metal show, go see Doomstress, Tire Fire, and Mortalis at Vino's Friday, May 25th. I'm Stephanie Smittle. This is No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, and we're going to do some recommendations uh, for what you guys should be doing this weekend. Do you want to go first? Sure. My recommendation is that you check out the music of the Mash Sellers, who I did not know anything about until their name popped up on the lineup at Four Quarter Bar. They're going to play Friday night, 
May 25th at 10 p.m. It'll cost you seven bucks to get in. I love this band because I think bluegrass is really fun and I enjoy people that are uh, sort of taking it and keeping the music part of it traditional, but Mm -hmm. then adding a lot of their own personality to the delivery. And definitely the match sellers do this. They've been playing together for a long time, as is very clear when you hear them play. Uh, It's basically headed up by a duo, a fiddler named Julie Bates and uh, their front man, Andrew Morris. They're so fun to watch. Uh, Andrew Morris is just sort of super nerdy and he he takes these long pauses. They do this uh, song called What I'll Do With The Baby O. And he sort of stretches it out into this long narrative. There are, you know, entire 30 second swaths of the, the, um, the song where they're not playing and he's speaking and, and narrating these uh, things. So they're really breathing a lot of new life into uh, music that is sometimes relegated to, you know, being considered ancient and like out of touch and... Uh, they're also just strike me as really genuine. Like they're just genuinely goofy about the music they play. They are really, really good at it. And they have a fantastic video out there for a song called Blue Grastronauts, mm-hmm. which evidently the fiddler made this video. It's a complete work of art. It's like 2D cut and paste animation with full on, like we're talking Earl Scruggs is in the video and like all of his joints are articulated on little brads on like his elbows and his knees and they're in space playing bluegrass oh cool and so um you'll be able to watch that video on the blog right i will put the video on the blog and then if you can go see the 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 band play the match is playing friday night 10 p.m at four quarter bar but if you can't get out there check out their stuff online they're a lot of fun and what is your recommendation uh, I'm going to recommend an episode of a podcast that I listened to called The Kitchen Sisters Presents Fugitive Waves, and it's episode 93, Okay. and the title is Prince and the Technician, Okay. and it's just about 25 minutes, so if you have a moderate to long drive, you can listen to it in your car, and it tells, tells the story of a, a woman named Susan Rogers who moved from L.A. to Minneapolis to work with Prince as a sound engineer in the 80s, and she worked with him through... Purple Rain and Sunday of the Times, and she describes his, the process though for making music. Uh, so, for example, she says that Prince would do a song a day, but days were measured in sort of when you rested. So, a day could be 24 hours or it could be 96 hours. Okay, day in quotes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and she also is the person who started collecting all of this material that Prince had recorded and was sort of scattered in different studios around the country and consolidated it into what is known as the vault. And if you don't know, I think the first time I heard of The Vault was on, I think it was like the first evening with Kevin Smith, where, you know, Kevin Smith does these stand-up storytelling routines, and he talks Uh about how Prince hired him to shoot a documentary, and when they were done, I think Prince just put it in The Vault. And so it's a bunch of stuff that's not necessarily publicly available, it's just stuff that he's produced and doesn't necessarily want to release yet. Was Kevin Smith frustrated by this? No. Well, at least it never comes off as frustrating. Have you ever, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen one of uh, Kevin Smith's stand-ups, but he's really funny. And he's like a really good storyteller. Yeah. Uh, another yeah. I mean, another story that he tells is the story of, uh, he wrote a draft of a Superman movie that they never shot. And he tells about how the producer was really into spiders. And then even though they didn't use that idea in that Superman script that he wrote, um, a giant mechanical spider later turned up in the Wild Wild West movie that the, the guy oh. produced with Will Smith and um, 
Kenneth Branagh. But uh, I guess that's like that could be like a second recommendation. Go go what watch you know? all the Kevin Smith standups. Right. Like, they're all great. Great. Right? And uh, do we have a move for the week? We do. So for the non Riverfest crowd, I know um, a lot of old time Little Rock people tend to maybe leave when Riverfest mm-hmm. descends. And if that describes you, then I would say uh, Hot Springs is always a great place for people watching. It is a great place to be on Memorial Day. There's trails and swimming and fishing. But most of all, uh, Maxine's Saturday night is doing a bill with Big Piff and Daz and Bree. So you've got um, this, you know, spoken word, uh, genius lyrics, uh, layers and layers and layers of references with Big Piff. And then you've got this uh, rock and soul from Daz and Bree at Maxine's Saturday night, May 26th. That's where I'll be. And I guess that's it for this week. Uh, we can go out listening to some Metallus. Mortalis. Here's Mortalis. some Mortalis, Day of the Dead. <laughs>